Have I been talking about Rodgers that much? Is this something that I've been doing to the point? In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it, and the Big Ten Championship is in Champaign! <laughs> rush the floor! And now, broadcasting live and local. From the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. We're going to sneak the Cardinal thing in here. It's just laughable. Season's over. I'm done. And Eric Fry. Carson Wentz was down with the sickness as he's dealing with an illness. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. What's happening out there on this Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. And it's also uh, September 13th, uh, 2023. Welcome in to uh, the uh, show. Welcome in to uh, the uh, program. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry alongside, and we're here talking about sports. We're talking about some local sports uh, coming up, some local baseball. We got some junior high postseason to look in on, as well as some volleyball and uh, golf from yesterday as well. And we'll get you set for the light schedule for today. And also with uh, football conversations, both on Monday and Tuesday, we didn't have a lot of time to talk about uh, one of our favorite favorite sports here that's baseball and so we'll get to uh, some MLB action uh, today and uh, take a look at the standings and whatnot and kind of like a reset of everything uh, from uh, there and also we'll explore that uh, football uh, smart football stuff as well there's still stuff to uh, clean up uh, from that uh, Monday night football game and uh, there's also getting that uh, conversation about you know the Aaron Rodgers injury but uh about the artificial turf and whatnot. That's kind of been a topic of discussion the last uh, couple of days and whatnot. So we might explore that. And also at some point in the uh, podcast, if we don't fit into the uh, treasure show, we got other stuff to uh, hit up on and uh, caught up with uh, Coach Weekly from Central A&M. And I talked to him and had a good discussion about the St. Teresa game last week and this week's game coming up as well. So, uh, we got more coaches coming at you tomorrow, but uh, Coach Weekly from Central A&M coming at you in the podcast. And so uh, if you want to check that out, check it out wherever you find your favorite pods, iTunes, Spotify, the website, com, And, of course, a shout-out to uh, the people that make 
starting lineup possible. It's McMahon Meats, Tingley Insurance Agency, Worth Computer Repair, and Teutopolis State Bank. All right, uh, so uh, we got some good things to uh, get to here today. So uh, let's uh, kick it off and let's get it started. Let's get it started with what we always do. It's first things first. Before we get into the show. First things first. Starting off today with uh, some Major League Baseball action, of course. Saying uh, last night, you heard it here on 98.9 as it has finally happened. One step closer to uh, the magical number of uh, 200 as it seemed like uh, forever. It's been since June think is when the last time Adam Weir won a game. And that's exactly what happened uh, last night as he pitched uh, good enough, and the offense finally gave him some uh, run support as he uh, pitched the minimum of innings that it takes to uh, be credited with a, a victory. Hey, whatever it takes at this point, right, people? As mm-hmm. uh, right with five innings last night, and he gave up seven hits, only giving up two runs. That's the most important thing uh, there, and he struck out three batters as well, and the Cardinals got the win 5-2 to two yesterday to give Adam Wainwright 199 on his career. And more importantly, Travis, three games left. Mm-hmm. And of yep. those three, two are at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. As he'll he'll next pitch, um, I believe, uh, the the uh, a week from Monday. So next Monday he'll play against uh, the Brewers mm-hmm. was yep. what I saw next. So mm-hmm. a team he knows very well in Milwaukee. Um, you know, played a by by that against them a lot. You know, he's had a lot of games against the Brewers. Um, then it'll be San Diego, and then um, if my math is correct, it will be the final series um, there against Cincinnati at home. He'll have an, he'll have another chance. So this upcoming Monday, then Saturday the the twenty third, and then probably the Saturday the thirtieth, if not the 29th, one of those two days. Uh, he'll pitch again. So he's got three opportunities. Two of those are at home. So definitely, definitely, that's a moment you're going to want to be there. Definitely uh, upcoming uh, for the uh, Brewers uh, series. And I was also pointed out last night that, you know, it's three starts potentially to uh, get to a 200. But why might as well make it on Monday because it's against the Brewers because that's the same uh, team that uh, Molina and Wainwright broke the battery that's record true. for. That's true. So it's fate. I, and you know what, Travis? I think, you know, let, let me ask you this. You're the Cardinal fan here. Uh-huh. Do you throw him out at the end of the year on short rest? Or do you move him to the bullpen to possibly get more opportunities? No, if they would have, they should have moved him to the bullpen for more opportunities by now. Right. So, but do you do, you do him on short rest there. to try and get um one more game in? No, I mean if he still doesn't have it. Yeah, if he still doesn't think, have it, if you we're think maybe the final week. Maybe if he still doesn't have it, but 
Uh, again, I was talking to uh, someone about that. It was uh, Bob here at the uh, station about, uh, you know, he, about having more opportunities in the bullpen and whatnot coming out there. And I don't think that Wainwright wants to get 200 no. that way, just no. the competitor that he is, yep. uh, even though that may be the best option. But if they would have done that, they should have done it by now. Well, and that's, I mean, let's be honest. That's how he started his career. Oh, yeah. But, so right. it's not like every single one of his 200 wins has been as a starter. Right, yeah. You know, but I, I understand that. And, again, you, you just kind of, for him and this year, you want to get it now. Now I think it's worse, Travis. If he was <laughs> two away down. and he ended the year, then you can say, ah, at least, I, you know. I was two away. I just didn't pitch well. But if you end at 199, <laughs> you're going to walk away? Yeah. Mm. Mm, I I still have <laughs> questions about that. Yeah. I think he makes a start or two next year if he's no. at 199. I mean. And then and then retires that's afterwards. Not, that's nice to, to say and think about. But after the way that this year's been going, I don't think so. And this is final three games that he's got. This is it. Speaking of the Cardinals, Travis, mm-hmm. this Saturday, yes, they are playing the Phillies at home. They are playing Philadelphia. Miles Michaelis on the mound, trying to help us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to go to that game? I mean, I would. Well, tomorrow, I'll tell you how you can go to that game. We have a pair of tickets for it. Oh, nice. So Saturday's game. Saturday's game, 6-15. Hey, you playing it right, Travis? A little bit later on today, we'll tell you how you can win U of I tickets Ooh. for Penn State. You could get to both. You could. It would be. It'd be a long day. It would be a long drive but day. But you could get to both. Hmm. Early start time at the Illini game. Oh, you, look at that. You could get uh, Ozzy Smith bobblehead on Saturday. I mean, what more do you want? Wizard bobblehead. You could. You could do both. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we'll work on that. Maybe we'll see if we can. We can give you both, but. Be sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll tell you how you can win those St. Louis Cardinal tickets. Yeah, very good. So uh, definitely be a tuning in uh, for that opportunity. Uh, but last night, besides uh, Wade Wright, one of the guys that helped uh, him get there was Palacios. As you know, he came off the bench and he filled in for Norlin Gorman after he went out with an injury. And all he did was come out and he hit two home runs. He hit one in the third and mm-hmm. one in the seventh. And he said, I got you, old man. I'm going to try to help you win 199. And he did just that. So, yep. big tip of the cap to him for hitting those two homers uh, there. Goldschmidt also uh, hit a homer, got it started in the uh, first inning to get it off. Uh, there so uh that was the big story last night though that uh, Wainwright finally got it done and uh gets win number 199 of his career and also another reason why I think that Monday it has to be it it has to be fate because I think that you make sure you slip someone some tickets mm-hmm. we'll tell you how you can win those cardinal tickets on Saturday mm-hmm. but you slip some of those tickets to a certain someone that come on down to St. Louis again come on down to the ballpark someone that we haven't seen all season long he's been radio silent virtually all season long and that's number four that's Yadi Molina that's not who I thought you were gonna say Travis Who's that? I thought you were going to say the man who made the announcement that he's and and put out feelers that he's looking to manage in the majors. Who's that? Matt Holiday. Oh, well, yeah. How convenient 
that the Cardinals may be looking for a manager. And now, after not wanting to be the bench coach this year, he wants to step into the managerial. No, you don't want to be a bench coach, but you want to be a a manager. Hmm. Well, uh, hey, speaking of Matt Holliday, his his son's a pretty big prospect in the Baltimore organization. Yes. uh, There. So so young, he can't even get a hotel room. Maybe he's going to go manage Baltimore for when uh, Terry Francona retires. Maybe, but Terry doesn't uh, coach Baltimore. Francona's a Cleveland. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have my normally bad teams mixed up. (laughs) All right, yeah. I mean, Baltimore is going to the playoffs. The Guardians probably probably are, but... Uh, so, uh, game uh, tonight is the same time the last to have a start at 440 will be uh, the uh, pregame show tonight for the uh, Cardinals and Orioles game, and we could potentially win a series here against Baltimore. How about that? Yeah, so, uh, Rom is pitching tonight, though, mm-hmm. for the Cards, and going tonight for Baltimore, he has a 5.12 ERA, but he has won 14 games, so... That is good, but we'll wait to see whether Adam does it, and we'll wait to see if Adam Molina is in attendance on a Monday as well. He did take notice. He went to on his Instagram story and put 199, so he did at least know that Wainwright got the win. So uh, Elsewhere in MLB uh, last night, the Cubs didn't quite get so lucky, but uh, one of a former Cub did him in as it was Chris Bryant. With the go-ahead home run in the sixth inning. And he also has three RBIs to help his team, the Rockies, beat the Cubs, his former team, 6-4. Nah, to four. That one hurt. So, yeah. <laughs> nah. Chris Bryant, the one to beat you last night. Yeah, one of like his <laughs> one of his only one of his only good moments this year. Yeah, probably. Probably so. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I saw the other night, and last night I'm sure it was the same thing, but 64% attendance for the Rockies, and a lot of those were Cubs contingent. Oh, yeah, there. always. I mean, I guess out there, I mean, they play spring training in Arizona, Yep. so maybe it's not too far away. Well, and Colorado, again, I guess. as we've talked about, you know, the Cubs, WGN, yeah, you have a lot of for ties years. for years and years, and now even though it's paid marquee, you know, it goes everywhere. You yeah. can have that on, on, you know, whatever system you want. So, um, you know, there's a lot that of West crazy Coast Cubs fans. Night. Yeah, it was crazy the other night. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was like Wrigleyville almost. Yeah, liked it. But uh, didn't quite fare so well uh, yesterday for the uh, Cubbies uh, there as they fell 6-4. to four. Mm-hmm. So, guess can't win them all. You can try to. You can try. But, but sometimes it doesn't work out and you'll play some afternoon uh, baseball there in Colorado James Tyon go for you today mm-hmm. against a block for Colorado there today hopefully a win need to keep pace hopefully a W let's check standings still uh Diamondbacks lost last night or yes they've lost before yep 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 yeah, they did. Diamondbacks loss to the Mets, seven to four, last night. So that's one of the teams that's chasing you. The Reds trying to chase it down. Mm-hmm. They have back-to-back wins. So you know, if you could, you know, sweep this weekend against uh, the Phillies, that would be great. 
And then if you could sweep mm-hmm. the finals, you know, if you could sweep the Brewers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that'd be great. And then if you could sweep the final series against the Reds, that would be great as well, Travis. Right. Can, can you help us out a little bit? Well, I we're going to try our best to uh, win on Monday for sure. So Win them all. I can't, I can't guarantee anything else, no. but I can almost guarantee The only the time this entire year, Travis, I will be rooting for the Cardinals. Ah, yeah. These upcoming series. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe this uh, might attract some people to come back to the ballpark on Monday to potentially see some Hopefully. history uh, there. So uh, you wouldn't be alone of the first time in a long time uh, rooting for the Cardinals potentially. All right, uh, so we'll, we'll take a look at the uh, MLB uh, standings a little bit later and what else happened in MLB uh, last night and a little bit later. But right now we're going to turn it over to a local sports and uh, some local baseball and a junior high postseason and a golf volleyball. We'll tell you about them all coming up next here on the Star Lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important. Employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. I'm Amber with Blacklog Ag Services. We believe farmers are the backbone of our community. That's why we want to help you farm more efficiently. We now offer Golden Harvest Corn and NK Soybeans. And you can get all your seed treated at our new facility seven miles southwest of Shelbyville on Route 128. With our Blacklog bundle, you can save with free soil testing, free field drainage tile, and free excavation. Call 774-4838 or log on to blacklogagservices.com. Join the celebration at Dan Heck Chevrolet Toyota in Effingham, marking 65 incredible years. Swing by for a shot at fantastic giveaways, including two sets of three-day passes to October's Rusty Reel Lake Jam. Plus, catch our $65 oil change special and our customer appreciation luncheon Friday, September 15th from 11 to 1. Thank you for 65 years of support. See you here at Dan Heck Chevrolet Toyota, South Route 45 in Effingham. This is Effingham Fire Chief Brent Yoakum. We have all heard about home fires, taking lives and destroying all out of family homes. These tragedies remind us to double check for fire safety. The Effingham Fire Department says, make sure your home has properly installed and working smoke alarms. Replace the batteries each time you change the hour on your clocks. Practice a fire escape plan. Teach children never to hide if there's a fire. In case of fires, the most important thing to do is to protect life. Get out and stay out. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My car really needs a wash. The $20 Meguiar's Bundle includes Gold Class Car Wash for a showroom shine. And what about my tires? Just spray the included Hot Shine tire coating and you're all set. The inside is not great. No problem. The quick interior detailer in the bundle can help with that too. Restrictions apply. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. The one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor of a Traeger Ironwood XL Grill. And football! 
That's right, Desmond Howard. Get fired up for the game in just a tap with Traeger's intuitive touchscreen. Then throw on your favorites and monitor the grill from anywhere with Wi-Fi technology. So you spend less time staring at the grill. Which means more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Traeger and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Let's face it. Talking about life insurance is never easy. But after we watched a close friend lose her husband with no insurance, we decided that wasn't going to happen to our family. Yeah, but shopping for life insurance can be almost as difficult as talking about it. But then we heard about Ethos Life Insurance. They're a new kind of life insurance built for people on a busy schedule who don't have time for unnecessary doctor's visits, fine print or hidden fees. You know, who want to keep it simple. I couldn't believe how easy it was. We answered a few basic questions and within minutes, we had an estimate of what it would cost and what sort of policy made sense for us. I never imagined life insurance could be so affordable. And accessible. The peace of mind knowing that our future is secure, it just removes a lot of the fear around getting older and... Yeah, the unexpected. I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we went with ethoslife.com. Go to getethos.com now for your free estimate. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. And now, the starting lineup. Hello. 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 Welcome in. Welcome back to the starting lineup, 98.9 The Game. Hey, Travis, the Olympics are over and done with, so maybe we need to get rid of this. Uh, music bed on 98.9 the game welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here with you. And let's take a look at some local sports from yesterday. And let's start off in high school baseball. As it was Altamont picking up the win over Wayne City, 13-2-0 was the final score in that one. As it was, well, I thought I had the uh, box score pulled up, but hey, everything's uh, decided to go haywire on me. It was Altamont. Nope, that was the other day. I'm clicked on the wrong sports thing here as it was yesterday i'll get it right here it was altamon getting the win over south central four to zero as altamon scored runs in the first inning set and scored two in the fourth inning and one run in the fifth inning there to win a four to zero elam was spectacular on the mound he went seven innings giving up a couple of hits and only striking out four and giving up none there and it was uh, West taking the loss on the mound there for uh, South Central, uh, giving up four runs. Uh, only two of them were earned, five walks, five strikeouts, and uh, six hits there. Uh, the RBIs were sprinkled around for the Indians as Eli Miller picked up an RBI, Kaden Miller an RBI, Elam and Robbins picked up the other RBIs uh, there uh, for Altma in the win. And it was... Um, Brownstown getting the win over in Yoga. 10 to uh, 7 was the uh, final score there. As it was, uh, Brownstown 
picking up four runs in the bottom of the fourth, but Nioga scored three in the top of the uh, first. And we also had a Brownstown pick up runs in the fourth, fifth, and four more there in the uh, sixth. Uh, Dodge Williams picked up the win for uh, Brownstown you know, in six innings, giving up four runs, three hits, five strikeouts, a couple walks. Uh, Dirtle gets the uh, loss for Nioga, four innings, five runs, six hits, a couple strikeouts, and a three of walks. Uh, Schwabe and Chandler picked up two RBIs apiece for Brownstown. And also Stein, Williams, uh, Sanders, and uh, Spiegel picked up RBIs as well for uh, the victorious Brownstown. St. Anthony won over Count Herrick Beecher City by the final of 5-2-0. As St. Anthony got the scoring started off in the bottom of the first with three in that frame. And also picked up other runs in the fifth and the sixth inning for the shutout victory. It was uh, Larson picking up the win on the mound. He almost went the distance. He went six innings, giving up four hits, no runs. Did walk four batters and a six strikeouts as well. Ruhal came in and cleaned things up and a clean a frame for him in the perspective of strikeouts as he did walk a batter, but three for four, I guess you would say, on batters for uh, strikeouts uh, there. Uh, Lamb took the loss for CHBC going all six innings he could and uh, seven hits, five runs, all of them were earned, three uh, strikeouts. And uh, St. Anthony offensively were led by Repke as he had a home run and a three RBIs. Brock Fairday also had an RBI and Link had an RBI there for St. Anthony. And it was also a North Clay getting the win over Dietrich by the final of 8-1. And uh, North Clay picked up three in the top of the uh, first. And Dietrich got one right back. Their lone run came there in the bottom of the third. But North Clay got a run in the fifth and four more in the uh, seventh for an 8-1 to one victory. Uh, it was uh, Compton getting the win on the mound for the Cardinals. He went all seven innings, giving up five hits, one earned run, and 12 uh, strikeouts uh, there, really mowing him down there. And Meinhardt, he took the loss. He went five innings, giving up nine hits, four runs, and only three of them were earned, and three walks there in the loss there in that one. As, let's see. That was at the uh, baseball, but uh, for some reason my uh, local sports is wrong on uh, that today of the uh, sports scores from yesterday. I don't know quite what, uh, I don't quite know what's happening uh, there with uh, that one, but um, let's see. Nope, that was the other day. Hmm. So, give me a second while I. Uh, why I pull pull up the right one. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Well, there. for some reason, the time is scheduled wrong. So chalk it up for an L for your boy. That's okay. We all make mistakes, Travis. Junior high baseball yesterday. It's topless. Defeated Robinson Nuttall, 6-5. Junior high softball. The uh, postseason play as uh, Hudsonville Regional Championship. It was Paris Crestwood over Sigal St. Michael, 11-1. South Central Regional Championship, South Central over St. Anthony, 5-3. And in the Morrisonville Regional Championship, it was Central A&M defeated Pawnee, 10-2-0. Payne Regional Championship, it was uh, Sullivan over Payne, 4-2. 
KZ Regional Championship, KZ Westfield over Robinson Nuttall, 4-3. to three. And the Tabas Regional Championship, it was a Jasper County over Altamont, a 10-2-0. In Class 3A, it was uh, Mattoon Regional Championship. It was Charleston over Mount Zion, a 4-3. In volleyball, yesterday in the NTC, it was Dietrich over St. Elmo in two sets, 25-19, 25-14. Altamont over Nioga, 25-16, a 25-23. St. Anthony over CHBC in two sets, 25-7, 25-12. And it was Winds Two Straws getting the win there in Topolis in two sets, 25-22, 25-22. It was Newton over Charleston, 25-15, 25-13. It was Heritage over Cumberland, 25-21, 25-14. Sarah Gordo took down Arcola, 26-24, 25-19. It was Arthur over Sullivan, 25-13, 25-21. Salem took down Olney in three sets, 25-13. And only won the second set, 25-18. But then Salem got him in the third set, 25-17. Casey got the win over Powhut in two sets, 25-22, 25-22. Paxton Buckley Loda won over Tuscola, 25-23, 26-24. In a boys of golf yesterday in a four-team meet, it was FEM picking up the win, and they won on a tiebreaker. Uh, there they had a 168, and so did Mount Zion, but it goes to the uh, fifth place score, I believe. That's how those ties are broken there in uh, golf, and so FEM was victorious there. And also with Shelbyville shot a 198, and Taylorville had a 205, and it was Trenton Wesleyan over Chrysler Rock Lutheran 171 to 201. In a girls' golf, it was a St. Anthony victorious over St. Thomas Moore, 182 to 214. In a soccer, it was a St. Anthony taking down Arthur 2 to nil. It was FEM picking up another win. They're like eight and one on the season. They beat Newton yesterday, two to zero, and Michael Stefton with both goals for the Hearts. Uh, there, it was Charleston winning over Taylorville, nine to one. Muhammad over Mattoon, a 5-0. And Argenta over Macon Meridian, 8-0. Pena over Vedalia, 3-1. It was Hillsborough over Greenville, 2-1. And Litchfield with a shutout over Staunton, 1-0. Local sports for today in baseball. You got St. Anthony at Altamont. Wins is two straws, hosting Dietrich. And you also have in junior high a baseball as well, regional play in Class 1A, Sigel St. Michael Regional. It's Oblong at Sigel St. Michael, Palestine at Paris Crestwood, Nioga hosting Mattoon St. John, St. Anthony Regional, Mowbray Grove at Altamont, and Ramsey at Oka Valley. There, Class 2A, Tri-County Regional, it's Tri-County at Villa Grove. Um, in the uh, Morrisonville Regional, it's Macon at Shelbyville, Moulton. Gillespie at Staunton, Nicomas hosting Central A&M, Casey Regional, you got Marshall at Casey there, it's Topos Regional, it's the South Central at Beecher City, 7th seed to Brownstown at the 2 seed to Windsor's Two Straws, and well, I guess just Two Straws, and uh, the 6th seed North Clay at the 3 seed to Topolis, and the Mount Zion Regional in 3A, Mattoon at Tolona Unity, uh, it's Pena at Robinson Nuttall in the Effingham Regional, Hillsboro at Taylorville, Vandalia at uh, Greenville. In volleyball, it's Dietrich at St. El or St. Elmo. Uh, Lincoln Prairie, it's Villa Grove at Arthur. Uh, Decatur LSA hosting Sarah Gordo. Little Lini, Vincennes, Rivette at Lawrenceville. Um, yeah, Scott Nokomis at uh, Vandalia. Uh, there, a boys golf match today between St. Anthony and Effingham. Marshall at Charleston. Lincoln 
at Mount Zion. Newton at Robinson. Girls golf today at the topless FEM there at Sullivan. Wins is two straws there at Shelbyville. Medelia at uh, Greenville. Also got a, a co-ed match with North Clay, Lawrenceville, Flora, and Olney. Soccer today, you got Argenta at Decatur St. Theresa. Olney hosting Marion. And tennis, you got Mattoon and Champagne Centennial. And you got a, a cross-country meet there in Mattoon. It's Mattoon invite with St. Anthony, Topolis, FEM, Charleston, Tri-County, Newton, and Casey all participating uh, there in the local sports action. So uh, that is a look at the local sports uh, schedule. And uh, check out those results uh, on the uh, website uh, there as a little scheduling mishap there should be up posted right now as we uh, speak. So go over and uh, check it out. So uh, coming up next here on the uh, starting lineup, uh, we will let's just continue our conversation and talking about MLB and we'll take a whip around the rest of the major leagues as well as we'll take a look at the uh, standings coming up here on the starting lineup. We'll be right back to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. This is Lucas Krenning with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Topless State Bank. And Topless Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Totally changed my life. It's amazing. I don't have any cravings. You want to quit, but have found it impossible. This is the thing for you. I have absolutely no craving. It's the darndest thing that I have ever seen in my life. It's not for entertainment. It's for results. Do it. It works. Period. You've tried everything else. You need to come and try this. Stop smoking. Lose weight now without cravings, irritability, or your money back. Early bird special, only $49.99 guaranteed. Join Mark Patrick Seminars and lose the weight, stop smoking, feel great for only $49.99 guaranteed. Saturday, September 30th at the Holiday Inn in Effingham. Weight loss seminar at 11.30 a.m., registration at 10.30 a.m. Stop smoking seminar at 2 p.m., registration at 1.30. Sign up at markpatrickseminars.com. That's right, that's markpatrickseminars.com. Attention taxpayers, if you or your business owe the IRS back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, the IRS has greenlighted billions of dollars in tax relief to those facing financial hardship through its tax relief initiatives. If you have a delinquent tax problem and possibly facing wage garnishment, liens, levies, audits, or already in a payment plan, you may now qualify for significant relief. Qualifying and enrolling in this program could stop all collections, settle your tax problem, and may even reduce what you owe by up to 90 
99%. Call the hotline at Tax Help USA to see if you qualify and receive your free tax assessment by dialing 800-471-9646. If you or your business owe back taxes to the IRS or state, you can now get the help that you need during these hard economic times. Get your free tax assessment to see what you qualify for by dialing 800-471-9646. 800-471-9646. That's 800-471-9646. And now, the starting lineup. Welcome back in to the podcast of the starting lineup here on a 98.9. And nope, nope, redo that. On 98.9 The Game. Nope. Nope. Redo that. Eric Fry, SportsCenter Update. The Chicago Sky take on the reigning WNBA champs in the first round of the WNBA playoffs. The Sky visit the Aces in Game 1, the best of three series that starts tonight at Michelob Ultra Arena. Chicago snuck into the bracket as the eighth seed after going 18-22 in the regular season. Chicago's 0-3 against Vegas this year. The Bulls are adding some depth to their training camp roster. The team signed swingman Henry Drell to a training camp deal yesterday. 23-year-old has been with the Windy City Bulls in the G League for the past two seasons. He averaged nearly 12 points and six rebounds per game last season. Drell is the 21st and final player on Chicago's off-season roster. Tariq Cohen is making his NFL comeback. The former Bears running back signed a practice squad contract with Carolina yesterday. Cohen shredded his knee in week three of the 2020 season. He hasn't seen the field since. Cohen had been with the Bears since 2017, making the Pro Bowl in 2018. Meanwhile, Cohen's former team, the Bears, take on the Buccaneers this weekend. The Colts made a number of moves on Tuesday as Indianapolis signed running back Jake Funk to the 53-man roster from the practice squad and signed guard Ike Boldiger to the practice squad as well. The team also placed running back Evan Hall on the injured reserve list. Funk has played in 17 career games and has 15 rushing yards. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on a 98.9. Travis Sparks here. Eric Fry over there with the Sports Center hits. You look perplexed. 15 yards in 17 games. That's less than a yard a game. Yeah, it is. Pretty good. It's pretty good math. He's only carried the ball four times, though. So, yeah. Did he really play in 17 games if he only carried it four times as a running back? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Don't forget, Colts play Houston on Sunday in a uh, battle for the number one pick. Mm hmm. Yep. So, pivotal battle there. I mean, hey, you got Stroud versus Richardson. So, should be a, a decent. Uh, matchup. We'll talk more about the some NFL odds and ends uh, coming up here in uh, just a uh, second. Uh, but uh, let's uh, finish up with uh, baseball here and clean uh, that up from yesterday and take a look at the uh, standings and the schedule for today. Uh, Two doubleheaders occurred yesterday as the uh, Yankees and uh, Red Sox uh, game uh, got uh, rained out on Monday, I believe, and it was uh, the Yankees getting the win over the Red Sox, uh, 3-2 to two to win uh, game one of the uh, doubleheader, and they also took the nightcap as well, and that was the first time they swept the Red Sox in a, a doubleheader, day-night doubleheader, mm. since 2006 in Fenway Park. Mm. So Yankees won 4-1, to one, and also Aaron Boone got win number 500 as well. The Boone man. Yeah, and he's only a few short on ejections 
I think that, he has like 400 ejections. Yeah, that's true. He's right there. Just this year. <laughs> yeah. And it just seems like every every other night I see, oh, Aaron Boone's ejected. Yep. Maybe it's not quite been that bad, but it feels like it. It does feel it that feels way. Like yeah. It. Uh, the White Sox also played a doubleheader with the Royals in what you would consider the uh, bad matchup in this drill. Uh, 101 losses now for the Royals. They lost game one, six to two, but later in the night they did win game two in a high-scoring affair, 11 to 10. They won, so. They almost blew it, though. They had a nine-run lead, but they did not. They held on 11 to 10. Well, that's good. <laughs> I mean, hey, you almost blew a nine-run lead. Maybe you deserve to lose. Well, but, that is true. Uh, the Pirates beat the Nats 5-1. to one. The uh, Braves, they took down the uh, Phillies. Uh, seven to two, uh, six. They are very, very close to uh, clinching the uh, NL East. Uh, there are the Braves. They already did clinch a postseason berth, but uh, they're waiting to clinch actually the division, and they're very close on the premises of that. And who takes the loss in this one? But one of my favorite Cubs, Craig Kimbrell, uh. takes the loss. Your boy. In extra innings. He must have been serving up batting practice. He must something. have been. <laughs> The Reds also won in extras against the uh, Tigers, uh, 6-5. to uh, five. Uh, The Rangers, uh, they won over the uh, Blue Jays, 6-3. Uh, to uh, three. But Max Scherzer gets the uh, W, but could he potentially be injured as he was uh, warming up, I think, and he got hurt, and he only went five and a third innings, giving up only three hits, no runs, but uh, he exited that game with an injury. I saw that. So... Uh, he will go an MRI today with his uh, tricep is, is what's listed here. Mm. His right tricep spasm, but he'll have an MRI today. Gotcha. Uh, like I mentioned, the Mets, they took down the uh, Diamondbacks 7-4. Uh, to four. The uh, Brewers 3-1 to one over the uh, Marlins. And Josh Donaldson just gets there to Milwaukee, and he homers in that game. What a comeback story. As well, for the first time with the Brewers. Yes. Freddie Peralta, also with a strong pitching outing, gets the win over the Marlins. Twins over the Rays, a 3-2. to two. And it was the A's, a 6-2 to two over the Astros. Come on, Houston. Uh, only one more game, though, and the A's have lost 100 games. So. Hey, the I think the... Uh... Royals are at 101. So. They are, yeah. <laughs> right there. Wow, two teams in the same league yep. with 100 losses. Uh, the Rockies got a little bit to get there, but uh, they're close. They're closing in. They're yep. the worst record in the NL, though. Uh, the Mariners, they shut out the Angels 8 to uh, nothing, snapping a little mini four-game losing streak uh, there. Uh, the Guardians won over the Giants 3-1. Uh, to one. And it was the uh, Dodgers all over the uh, Padres. Freddie Freeman got four hits, including a home run. And Lance Lynn picks up the uh, win over a former Cardinal battery mate there, the uh, Michael Walker uh, pitching there. I guess mm. not battery mate, but uh, pitching mate. Yes. Michael Walker, 11-4. Lance Lynn, 11-11. And, and the Dodgers got 11 runs and 11 hits. There you go. 11s all around. Wild yesterday in that game. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all right, so well, let's take a look at it. today's action. I already mentioned the Cardinals and the Cubs pitching matchups. Uh, Dallas Keuchel going for the uh, Twins this afternoon against the Rays, Guardians and Giants, Angels against the Mariners. Mariners throwing out Luis Castillo there. Uh, Braves, Spencer Strider going for Atlanta tonight against Sanchez for the Phillies. Phillips going for the Reds up against the uh, Tigers tonight. Uh, Jordan Montgomery going for the Rangers tonight. Against the Blue Jays, you got Zach Gallian going for Arizona. Um, Schmidt and Hook going for the Yankees Red Sox. Uh, let's see here. Clevenger going for the White Sox. And, yep, that's pretty much it. Blake Snell going for San Diego. Currently right now, everybody losing in the um, East except for the Yankees yesterday. They've won three in a row, mm -hmm. but everybody else taking losses. So uh, Tampa still trails Baltimore by three games in that division. Twins seven and a half up on the uh, Guardians there. They got to be pretty close uh, there. Well, maybe not as close as the Braves, but. Yeah, Braves are close. Uh, the Astros, uh, they're up one game on the Rangers, one and a half on the uh, Mariners in the West. Uh, Braves are 16 up. On the uh, Phillies and a 21 up on the Marlins. Uh, the Brewers, they're four up on the uh, Cubs, a seven up on the Reds there, and the Dodgers are 13 up on the uh, Diamondbacks. So, not a lot of races close no. in mm -hmm. the NL, really. Um, I mean, Easton, the wild card. That's and it. Except for the wild card, yeah. yeah. The wild card is, is chaos everywhere, really. Uh, the Rangers are only a half game up in the second wild card, and the Mariners and Blue Jays are tied for the last wild card spot right now. The Red Sox and Yankees are seven back. Mm -hmm. So hope is looking bleak for those two. Uh, Phillies up three and a half in the first wild card. Cubs there are plus two in the second wild card. And the Diamondbacks are currently sitting in that third wild card spot, but the Reds trail by one game. The Giants and Marlins are both half, one and a half game out there, and the Padres are eight out. So things are looking bleak for the Friars. Mm -hmm. But we'll see what happens. I was going to say, I have a, a list, Travis, uh, from ESPN of the playoff pictures using analytics, which I know are your favorite things oh, in the world. Oh, yes. Um, so looking at this, uh, you already mentioned Baltimore, 99%, greater than 99% chance to make the playoffs. They're in. They're good. Rays, greater than 99% chance. They're in. They're good. Twins are greater than 99% chance. Yeah. They're good. They're probably good. Astros, 97% chance with a 67% chance to win the division. Hmm. So that's who they think is going to win the division. Yeah. Rangers, 81% chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us the Mariners at 70% mm -hmm. to make the playoffs. And the Blue Jays at 52%. Mm. Blue Jays, outside looking in. Now, who do they say is going to win, uh, uh, make the World Series from the AL? Who has the best chance? The Astros, 26%. Followed by the Rays at 20 and the Orioles at 19. Still no respect for the Orioles, Travis. No. No respect. No respect. Uh, in the NL... Uh, Brewers 99% chance to win the division uh, to make the playoffs. Phillies at 99% chance to make the playoffs. Cubs 94% chance. Travis, 
Look at to that. make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Diamondbacks at 40, Reds are at 30, and the Giants are at 22%. But who's going to the World Series? Well, that would be the Dodgers. But them and the Braves have the highest chance to win the World Series, both at 23% chance to win the World Series, but Dodgers at 37% chance to make it, while the Braves are just at 36%. Then it drops off significantly. Those two, 36 and 37% chance to make the World Series. Next is the Phillies at 8%. And the yeah. Cubs at 7%, Travis. 7%. So you're yeah. saying there's a chance. They give us more of a chance over the Brewers to make the World Series. That's right. I don't know how that's going to happen, <laughs> but all righty. The and, Lonely Diamondbacks with a 2% chance to right. make the World Series and 1% to win. And if <laughs> the playoffs started today, Travis. Yep. Your AL wildcard rounds would be the Rangers at the Twins, mm-hmm. Blue Jays at Rays, with the winner of the Twins-Blue Jays series uh, taking on, um, or if the Twins or the Blue Jays right, win, they would take on the Astros, Rays-Rangers win, they take on the Orioles. Yeah. In the National League, it'll be the Diamondbacks at the Brewers, as it stands now, and the Cubs at Phillies, where if the Brewers or Diamondbacks win, they take on the Dodgers, Phillies-Cubs win, they take on the Braves. Oof. Yeah, I don't know which of those uh, two teams I'd rather see—the Dodgers or the, the Braves. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I don't, I don't pick like your either poison. one. Yeah, pick your poison there. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. Ninety-four percent chance. Yeah. Of the I, playoffs. I, I feel good, Travis. You should. I feel good. I th- I think we're we're gonna make it. Should you should feel good. So. And which is not what I expected when the season started. Well, we'll have to check in on what you thought there yeah, at the beginning uh, of the season. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I was pretty confident that they were going to make it. Now, you know who I don't want to see, Travis, in the uh, the postseason? Who's that? I do not want to see the Diamondbacks. I know it won't happen. There's no way, I don't think, for it to happen. But the Cubs are 0-3 against the Diamondbacks in the postseason. Mm-hmm. in franchise history, including yeah. a negative 10 run differential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that one postseason didn't quite work out for you. No. There, so. But there's where we stand as of I really today. wish we'd see the Cardinals. We're 3-1 and one against the Cardinals in the postseason, Travis. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good history. Yeah. Uh, there, at least recent. Yep. Recent there, so. And, uh, yeah. I'm happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. You can tell. I can tell. Uh, yeah, postseason is a little bit more sweet. We can just sit back and have no uh, stress mm-hmm. uh, over it at all and just watch it happen. So I am looking forward to the postseason. I always enjoy the MLB postseason. Here, here's the thing I, I love. I'm just looking at this, Travis. In the Cubs history, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. The Cubs have never faced the Orioles in the postseason, which you'd have to be in the World Series to do that. The Royals, the Angels, the Twins, uh, the Mariners, the Rays, the Rangers, or the Blue Jays. Those all make sense. Are you ready for the ones that don't make sense? Mm-hmm. Cubs and Phillies have never faced off in the postseason. May happen this year. Hmm. May happen this year. Interesting. The Cubs and Brewers have never faced off in the postseason, hmm. which, again, I find that surprising. The Cubs and the Astros and the Cubs and the Reds. I've never faced off. Cubs and Rockies only played one time in the postseason. Mm. Well, it kind of makes sense with the – I know the 
Brewers. They were in a division back in the day, but right. uh, the Astros are in a different league now, but those were in all central teams yes. right there. So they would probably have to match up in the division series for the right. wild card way right. back when. So, uh, yeah, that kind of makes makes a little bit of sense. But, yeah, eh, the Brewers, I'm surprised that they hadn't matched up yeah. once. And only the once with the Pirates, too. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's to take a look at MLB, and we're up against the clock, and we're going to close it out talking about some NFL news and notes coming up next to close out the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-511-3535. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems, and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about $100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider, 800-511-3535. That's 800-511-3535. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Dale Diesel has been providing collision repair in the trucking industry for the past 15 years and has recently expanded into the automotive collision industry as Ruhal Auto Body. The staff at Ruhal Auto Body has many years of experience in the automotive collision industry and has the knowledge to repair your vehicle to pre-accident condition each and every time. Ruhal Auto Body is located in the former Rick Meyer Auto Body location between the Topless and Effingham on Route 40. Call Jake Ruhal at 217-857-6150. Ruhal Auto Body, where you are driving home their reputation hey son how are you feeling uh i'm fine pops what's on your mind i just i can't explain it eyes waiting started to wonder metamorphosis loss of who you thought you is when your kid can't find the language help them find the lyrics listen to the sound it out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. There are only three northern white rhinos left in the world. But together, we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support groundbreaking solutions. Join us now at endextinction.org. And now, this outpouring of love for Tom Brady is what we are beginning with today. Everyone showering this man with love and goatness. How about it? The starting lineup. Almost every single one of Brady's Super Bowls has been clouded with controversy, and that seems what people are forgetting. And let's not forget, both Super Bowls were gifted to him. The tuck rule, the... You can't play him for the referee stuff. But he benefited from it. Benefited from it last night as well. That was so ticky-tacky. Come on. It's a Super Bowl. Let him play. On 98.9 The Game.
welcome back into the uh, starting lineup. Yeah, we're only here for a little bit longer on 98.9, so uh, let's uh, close it out. And uh, let's uh, close it out uh, talking about uh, some NFL, just random news and uh, notes here that I wanted to uh, bring up on the show. We might have to continue this into the uh, uh, pods so we only have a short amount of time. But I completely forgot about this, and maybe you did uh, as well. But when we talked about Monday Night Football the other day, you remember that there were probably multiple Wisconsin Green Bay bars that did this. But did you remember that there was yeah. a Wisconsin bar that ran a promotion that you get free drinks? if the Jets lose. Yep. Well, they did a story uh, on it, and it was brought to the attention that uh, this news station was there live at this bar uh, that everyone started to run up their tabs when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Uh-huh. And so uh, then they realized that when the Jets won in overtime that they had to oh. get on their phones and they had to pay their tabs oh. because the Jets ended up winning. <laughs> they were racking it up because they thought they were going to lose. Oh. <laughs> that's a that's a heartbreaker. That's just funny. That is I mean, it's, funny. It's hilarious, but <laughs> it's still a heartbreaker. Yeah. For so those people there, I mean. So it only all happen when the Jets and Packers don't play at the same time, right, apparently. Right. So uh, it'll still happen quite often, though, uh, I guess. But that was just uh, funny. And hey, take that, Packers fans. Hey, anything that gets the Packers fans down, I'm all for it. Yeah, it was funny seeing the reactions live on uh-huh. uh, on the newscast. Uh, but uh, speaking of the team that played the uh, Packers in week one, I also saw this that I wanted to uh, bring it up that uh, Jacoby uh, Bresker was on a show there on 670 the score. And he didn't exactly kind of took exception to the Bears fans uh, booing early on. Uh, particularly in the first uh, quarter uh, there he said on the show, don't get me wrong when I say this or don't take it the wrong way, but the booing early, maybe like the first, second, third quarter, you know, that's tough. Bears fans should have our back a lot more and be patient. They came out to see us win. The game's never over until it hits zero. Well, yeah, could have fooled me, Brisker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I understand he's got to toe the line. And, and say that, but come on. We all but know. to say that about be patient yeah. and uh, have our backs more. I, I, I think we've been patient and had. For backs. years. Yeah. Before he was even born. Yep. This was the first time that you were without Favre and Rodgers on the other side of the sideline. This was supposed to be the year that you took back this rivalry. Yep. yep. And then you let him down. I get maybe the first quarter, but like, come on. Yeah. Like they've been, Bears fans have been patient enough. Like this was this was the time, and when athletes say that they should have their backs more, like that's a little. I mean, these people come out and support you. They're coming out to the game. They're spending money on season tickets, everything to come to the game, and everything, merch, all that yep. to say, just kind of throw it out there willy nilly that they should have our backs more. I think that the fans have their backs plenty. Um, and it's just the talk of the off season, and then that's the performance that they uh, put out there. So I uh, just thought I'd bring in that wonderful comment up from Jaquan Brisker there. I think he's a good player, but that was a really dumb comment. It was. That's, yeah. But don't get him wrong and don't take it the wrong way, though. Right. So he did say that. He did put that at the very beginning so uh just wanted to uh, mention that and uh, hey bears fans just be patient with this team uh, that's all that he wants to say uh there 
All right, so that's all we got here. We're up against it, and coming up next here on ESPN Radio is Carlin versus Joe. And enjoy that, and we'll be back tomorrow. And also, catch us in the pod. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome back to the starting lineup. Welcome to overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here with you. And uh, coming up, we got some uh, odds and ends to uh, get to. And we got some this day in uh, sports history to get to, as well as uh, Central A&M Coach Weekly. Going to be uh, joining us on the uh, program. Had a nice chat with him. And so uh, we'll be uh, playing that. And... I think that's pretty much it for the uh, podcast uh, today. Um, some NFL news and notes to uh, clean up from uh, the end of this show that I didn't quite get to. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that coming up here. Is there anything on SportsCenter that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, let's uh, let's touch on SportsCenter. The opening week of the 2023 NFL season was capped off by the most watched Monday night football game in ESPN history. The matchup between the Jets and Bills at MetLife Stadium was matched by more than 22.6 million viewers. I have something to say about this, but we'll continue. The previous record was set during a 2009 game between the Vikings and Green Bay Packers when Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre made his return to Lambeau Field. The game was watched by 21.8 million viewers. And Travis, you want to know why I think it was so high? Why? I think part of it was so high was Monday afternoon, a couple hours before kickoff, they ended the disagreement between ESPN and I think it was Charter uh, Cable in the South that they didn't have ESPN. They ended that, and people in the South were able to watch ESPN. So I think that that is just the fact they had ESPN back, they were watching it. I I think Mm -hmm. that helped. Not to say it wouldn't have gotten a big number, but I think the fact that they went, I think from like Thursday all the way through Monday without ESPN to watch – if not longer than that, it may have been a week without ESPN to watch. Huge, huge factor. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize realize that part. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe it's true. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are moving on from the top offensive lineman. The team released Leo Collins from the physically unable to perform list on Tuesday. The right tackle is free to sign with any team. Collins is still recovering from a knee injury he suffered in week 16 last season and was placed on the pup list early in training camp. The lineman signed with Cincinnati in the 2022 offseason, started 15 games at right tackle. Collins spent his first six years of his career in Dallas, started 71 games for the Cowboys. The Seahawks are adding a nine-time Pro Bowl offensive lineman to their practice squad. Seattle announced it signed Jason Peters on Tuesday, along with fellow offensive lineman Greg Elan. The 41-year-old Peters appeared in 10 games last season with the Cowboys and made one start. The additions come after the Seahawks lost left tackle Charlie Cross and right tackle Abe Lucas to injuries in Week 1. Cross reportedly week-to-week with turf toe, while Lucas is dealing with a knee injury. Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt says a plan has been finalized to build a new arena in downtown Oklahoma City that will keep the thunder in Oklahoma City 
for at least, Travis, the next 25 years. At he, least. He says the plan is conditional, though, on voters approving a six-year, one-cent sales tax that would begin after the current MAPS 4 tax ends in 2028. Holt says a new arena will cost a minimum of $900 million. He says the owners of the Oklahoma City Thunder would contribute $50 million to this project. And since it is in Oklahoma City, how long until a tornado hits it? Wait, what do you give it? Mm, yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen too often, does it? Not as often as it used to. I think Illinois, I read a study, has become the new tornado alley. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely have mm-hmm. heard that, seen that. Uh, the Mets have a new president of baseball operations, according to ESPN. David Stearns was hired to fill a position. 38-year-old had long been rumored to take over the Mets after stepping down as Brewers president after the 2022 season and will officially begin his five-year deal in early October after the regular season ends. Stearns was denied permission by the Brewers to talk about the Mets' top baseball operations job after the 2021 season. Billy Epler will remain as New York general manager and serve as number two two to Stearns. The Toronto Blue Jays are expected to be without Alex Manoa for the rest of the season. Sportsnet reports starting pitcher is unlikely to pitch again after dealing with knee, back, and right quad injuries. Manoa reportedly met with specialists last week and will take time to recover from his ailments. The 25-year-old right-hander had a rough season, which included a stint in the rookie-level Florida Complex League in June. Manoa was most recently sent to AAA Buffalo on August 11th. Yeah, I saw a little bit about that, and this guy, this guy needs to be done, and he never needs to pitch in the league again. Oh, really? Yeah, he never reported to a AAA when he was optioned there. Uh, he was upset about the decision, and he reportedly had never thrown any bullpen or side sessions, mm. and so, hey, he didn't like getting demoted. Well, you should have pitched better, and... Apparently, didn't even report the AAA. Mm. Sorry. Yeah, I'm maybe a little harsh of never pitch again, but yeah, I mean, as we've found out, Travis, pitchers have been brought back under brought back under less circumstances. So yeah, just saying. Guess that's true. There is always Japan or Korea. I guess that's true. Uh, the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets is denying he invaded his players' privacy. Former NHL forward Paul Bessonette said on his podcast that Babcock asked to see photos on Captain Boone Jenner's cell phone before displaying them on his office wall. Coach responded in a statement on Tuesday, which read, quote, while meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share off their phones family pictures as part of the process of getting to know them better, end quote. Jenner said he was happy to share those photos with the new head coach and denied any invasion of privacy. Travis, is that an invasion of privacy? Uh, yeah. See, I don't think so. I mean, if he asked him, now it would be one thing if he was like, give me a family photo off your phone. I want it now. But if he asked him and the guy was like, yeah, sure, you can have a picture. I mean, what was he going to do? He was kind of forced to do it. You think he was going to get fired or cut from the team for not showing him a picture of his family? I mean, maybe. It would be one thing, I think, if it was not a new coach. But since it's a new coach, he's literally trying to learn everybody. I mean, that's what nah. – but that's what teachers do with young kids. My wife does that with her class when they first come in. She asks the parents for a picture of the family so that she can get to know the family and the students. See, so, yeah, I kind of took it as they were kind of, instead of getting to know people, it was kind of maybe to 
reveal something that could be embarrassing or whatnot. So that could be humiliating in front of the whole group of people or whatever, or maybe this was out without their permission or consent or anything. Well, what the coach I'd have said, to read into the, the story said, though. Quote, Meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share off their phones family pictures as part of the process of getting to know them better. Hmm. To me, that sounds like a, a teacher asking for family photos to get to know the students and the family better. Hmm. It's a little weird, I'll admit, it is to, weird. to do with adults. But at the same time, again, if because it's a new coach who I don't know has ever coached before. I don't know. I'd have to look at so. into the story more. Anyways. Um, and finally, Travis, we'll use this to kind of tie back around. A New York sports medicine uh, physician says that Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers could make a comeback when his Achilles tendon heals. The doctor, Jordan Metzel, told the Today Show that 39-year-old might be old for football, but not in general life. Rogers is out for the rest of the season after tearing his left Achilles tendon during the Monday Night Football. Dr. Metzel says he'll have to undergo surgery and then all the muscles need to be strengthened around the tendon. But it is possibly not over. Hmm. Oh, and one last thing that just came across the wire, Travis. We mentioned um, about the golf and Maui. Remember we talked about the golf wanting to have their Maui tournament at the beginning of January and how we both were kind of like, let them recover first before you go back there. Mm-hmm. Well, this year's Maui uh, Gym Maui Invitational College Basketball Tournament will be moved to Ohio. Uh, Ohio. O-A-H-U. I don't know how to speak Hawaiian. Uh, the Hawaiian governor made the announcement Tuesday saying the ongoing wildfire response. Uh, the November tournament has been played at the Leilani Civic Center for nearly 40 years. Mm-hmm. One of the premier sporting events in Hawaii. The arena was not affected by the fire. However, the building is still being used for disaster assistance and response efforts. The governor says a final decision has not been made yet, but the tournament will likely be played at Honolulu's Stan Sheriff Center instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is the right call. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, that is a lot better than the PGA Tour going, well, if they want us there, we'll be there. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's people living on the golf course and eating there right now. Yeah, but if they get it all cleared up in, you know, five months, we'll be there. Right, exactly. So I, I applaud <laughs> NCAA for uh, for, for taking that, that step there. Yeah. And that is your sports center. That's your sports center. All right, so um, let's go ahead and uh, let's get to uh, Coach Weekly uh, here. Chatted uh, it up with him about the uh, game against uh, St. Teresa last week and uh, so a little preview of this week's game starting off a CIC play. Uh, it's weird to say not starting CIC play with St. T, but uh, they are starting it this week. So uh, we talked about that. So it's coming at you all right now. Travis Sparks here, joined on the starting lineup by Coach Weekly from the Central A&M Raiders. And uh, you come away with a win in week number three as we turn the page to a new week. How's it going for you today, Coach? Uh, it's going well. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking. And uh, week three was a 32-29 win over Decatur St. Teresa. And you were there in Milliken on the campus there. So that was a cool experience for the kids. And it was a nice win over uh, St. Teresa on Friday night. Yeah, I'm very happy for our kids to get that experience, that opportunity. Uh, Not only that, you know, we got a chance to play on TV, all that good fun stuff. So it was good for our kids. 
and uh, they got on the board uh, first. They're seven nothing, and then they also got a pick six in the early going as well to make it a 14 nothing in the first quarter. So uh, the game didn't exactly uh, start out the way you wanted it there, uh, falling behind a uh, 14 nothing, and also with that uh, pick as well. Yeah, uh, definitely not a great way to start. Uh, really proud of our kids to be able to handle that, not get frustrated, uh, not uh, lose, you know, lose faith in each other uh, about uh, doing things uh, the right way and all that. Really, really happy for our kids to see that they had the ability to, to, to uh, come back in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you went to the bag of tricks to get on the board. Uh, first, I believe it was a trick play from uh, Carter Thomas to uh, Gavin Hutchinson to get on the board uh, first. So you went to the the bag of the tricks to get on the board. Uh, we were able we were able to establish uh, jet sweep, uh, and we kind of seen their corners just come flying up, trying to be the ones that make the tackle. They're flying up and. Uh, it was actually a third and two play call. Funny story is I thought it was second and six. Uh, oh. Four. Uh, that's not your typical third and two call. No. Uh, but uh, the coaches told me, hey, after I called it, you realize it's third and two. I said, it's going to work. We just got to catch it. Uh, but, uh, you know, our kids executed. Uh, Carter threw a good ball, and, and Gav went and caught it. And uh, for sure enough, uh, their safety was late getting over, and, uh, the corner just flew up. No one touched him uh, coming off the line, and uh, it was uh, it was a good play for us. Gave us some confidence, and uh, you know I think I'm sure you're going to ask me about the field goal. I'll just go ahead and say it. I think that play changed everything. Uh, we were able to get enough stops early there in the second quarter, uh, kind of shut them down. I don't think they had very many plays in the first half. They may have had honestly like 14 or 15 plays total uh-huh. of offense uh, with us turning it over and us having some ball control and and really doing a really good job of running our offense. Uh, and, uh, you know, the pick was poor coaching. Uh, I bounced the running back out of the backfield. And uh, I, I told Drew, uh, just peek at him. I didn't say, hey, if no one moves with him, uh, go ahead and throw him the ball. I should have, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, he stayed with what I told him to do. And, you know, they had a guy sitting there for it. So it was good defense on their part, uh, poor coaching on my part. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the back of tricks, as you said, uh, our kids executed. And then the next drive, we got the ball back, and, uh, you know, we were able to get some momentum. Uh, as we got momentum, uh, we got down inside the 10 in about four plays, uh, drove about 50 yards in about four plays. And, uh, you know, we missed a chance for a touchdown. It was also a missed opportunity for an interception for them, mm-hmm. one of those uh, – Whoever comes down with it, both people knock the ball out of each other's hands. Yeah. Uh, so we were, I was conservative on third down because I just wanted to see what would happen. And lo and behold, we ran, a, we ran the ball and went from third and eight to uh, third and two, but it centered us right in the field and gave us an opportunity to kick a field goal. And, you know, we did that. And Phil did a great job of making it. And then we found a way to uh, shut them down right before half. Uh, and, our kids, we had all the momentum in the world, uh, and our kids believed at that point in time we were going to win the game, and 
I don't want to jump too far ahead of your questions, but I think uh, you know I think our kids got to that point through the second quarter and they believe they're going to win the game. Sure, sure, yeah. And I was just going to ask about that, about how huge that was to not only get the field goal to cut into their lead a little bit even more, but then that interception uh, to preserve uh, that deficit going into the locker room. And it sounds like it completely worked, and it was a huge confidence booster. Yeah, that interception happened like. We, we picked that off on the three, and the momentum took him into the end zone, and he got tackled. And before he got tackled, he got the ball out of the end zone. And luckily, they called him down because the ball bumped, popped out of his hands, and I think they recovered it. I don't know. I, uh-huh. I was just uh, – we were blessed that we got the ball on the one. Uh, we quarterback sneaked it at the last play of the half. And uh, I'll be darned if, uh, you know, our kids, when they came off the field, didn't believe we were going to win that game. All right, yeah, so, man, that was a nuts way to end the first half there, and uh, it was kind of a back-and-forth uh, third quarter, but uh, St. T still had the lead, 21-17, uh, to uh, 17. and then in the uh, fourth quarter, uh, Drew Damery uh, you found the end zone uh, to Maddox Payne, uh, playing, excuse me, to uh, take the lead for you guys, 24-21, uh, and then uh, later in the quarter, you took advantage of a St. Teresa fumble, and Damery got in for a second rushing touchdown on the night to make it 32-21 and really kind of put some distance between you and St. T at that point. Yeah, the fourth quarter, uh, it was a, a whirlwind of emotions. Uh, you know, we, we were down. We, we got the opening score there in the third quarter, uh, gave us the lead, and they came right back and scored and took the lead away from us. So it gave our kids confidence. We can move the ball on them and score. We almost went the whole length of the field, seemed like, the score. and. Uh, you know, we got, we got, uh, we got some momentum, uh, going in that as well. And, and then, uh, you know, we had some guys get hurt and, uh, dinged up and, uh, we had to, we had to move our right tackle to center and, and a couple interesting snaps, but, you know, yeah. high school kid going in, uh, you know, and, uh, Drew did a good job of corralling it and we ended up getting a big first down, but it got negated by a holding penalty and, uh, you know, Maddox is six five, and their corner was five six. So uh, we just threw it up and said, "Go get a rebound, man!" And uh, <laughs> uh, he he did that, and you know, we were able to get the lead. And then uh, I think the very next possession, uh, we got a stop, kind of shut them down a little bit. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I said special teams won us the game, Phil. But you know. They had a couple of mistakes. Uh, they had 11, they had 12 men on the field on punt team, and then they jumped off sides and pushed them back, and then they snapped the ball over the punter's head and created the safety for us, and then we got a short field, and they stopped us. They did a good job. They stopped us. Uh, we got the ball there at midfield and weren't able to move the ball, and they did a good job, and our kids uh, came out. They came out, and they, they, they ran the quarterback, and Caden Pearsall did a good job of punching it loose, and our kids uh, jumped on it, and two plays later we scored. Uh, had we had thought of it as a staff, they had one timeout. We kind of did the NFL uh, fantasy football thing. If we just fall down at the two and just kneel it out, the game's over. Uh-huh. Uh, but you don't really want to take away that opportunity from the kids. No. Uh, but I'll tell you this, uh, St. Teresa went five plays, went back down the field and scored, and uh, they took a whopping 30 seconds off off the clock, and – now uh hand team becomes a huge play and uh yeah i mean it was uh it was one of those uh back and forth exciting games and really uh happy our kids 
had a chance to experience that. Right, yeah, it sounds like it was uh, an awesome game for sure, and it's also uh, great that you uh, come on the winning side uh, of that as well. And uh, this is the first time you beat St. T uh, since that uh, magical 2019 season uh, as well. So that made it all the more special as well with uh, everything else, with uh, being at a college campus and uh, the entire game in general. Yeah, I mean, it, it, as of right now, the last time we're scheduled to play them since they're no longer in our conference. And- sure. Uh, you know, you know, we beat them for the first time in 1992 when we played, and uh, we finished it, capped it off in 23 with the win. And you know, there's been some back and forth and a lot of dominance from each side in between the middle there. Uh, so mm-hmm. it can't be considered a rivalry until both sides win, uh, and, and and that happens. So it was a fun, it was fun for the fun for the rivalry, fun for the kids, and a great experience for our fans, no question. And uh, now you guys have won a two in a row now, and you're trying to make it a win streak as you come back home this week to take on uh, Clinton, and they're one and two, and uh, they have lost a couple of back-to-back games against tough competition. And uh, last year, I remember you won in a defensive battle, 13 to six. I don't know if the weather uh, was a factor in that one, but. Uh, it's also important with the uh, non-conference games now out of the way. You're starting in uh, conference play uh, here with Clinton. Yeah, no question. You can't win a conference unless, uh, I mean, I think, uh, like I said, we talked earlier about how good our conference is. And, mm-hmm. uh, this, this is uh, every bit of a game very similar, I think, very similar to be what we just dealt with with uh, St. Teresa. Uh, as far as uh, the talent gap, it's definitely one of those close games. And uh, we know it's going to be one of those. Our kids are going to have to match the intensity of what we had last week. And it's tough to do when there's a quote-unquote no, quote, no rivalry, I guess. Uh, not sure. as much rivalry or whatever, but you know, I think it's important for us to figure out a way to, to figure out a way to win some game, to win this game, especially give us a lot of confidence. Uh, but Clinton's a good football team. Uh, we're going to have to go win it. They're not going to give it to us, and uh, hopefully, our kids are ready. And uh, we'll see what happens on uh, Friday night. Well, Coach, I'm going to let you go here, and uh, thanks for joining the show once again. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, hopefully after uh, another win, and we can get a win streak going. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate him for jumping on the program, jumping on the show, and we move along, and we'll talk some more football here, and we'll talk some NFL here as we'll get to uh, the one other thing that I wanted to uh, mention about the news and notes from the Aaron Rodgers saga the Aaron Rodgers injury there that happened on a Monday night. A lot of people are calling into question about the artificial turf and how safe it is to a play on for players and whatnot. It's a surface that has been scrutinized over the last eh, about five years or so. Uh, I'd say MetLife Stadium just got a new turf there. That was a big complaint from some players about how it played and whatnot. So this is a completely uh, new thing. I'd say that this injury could happen on any surface uh, whatsoever. Uh, But it is starting to gain some traction. It gained traction on Monday from a former teammate of Ian Rogers, David Bakhtiari. Uh, he tweeted out his displeasure. He said, congrats, NFL. How many more players have to get hurt on artificial turf? 
You care more about soccer players than us. You plan to remove all artificial turf for the World Cup coming up. So clearly it's feasible. I'm as sick of this. Do better is what he had tweeted out. And also uh, the uh, NFL Players Association Executive Director Lloyd Howell put out a uh, statement and that Bakhtiari recently retweeted uh, that um, about this discussion on NFL services. And he wants moving all stadium services to high quality natural grass services is the easiest decision the NFL can make. The players overwhelmingly prefer it, and the data is clear that grass is simply safer than artificial turf. It is an issue that has been the top of the players' list during my team visits and one that I have raised to the NFL. Uh, one of the things that is talked about of maintaining the grass and whatnot and whether it's feasible for NFL teams uh, to do so, but it's just another conversation that has been uh, brought up here after the Aaron Rodgers entry of artificial turf versus natural grass and all that. So mm-hmm. we are here at this age-old debate oh. that's kind of started in the last 20 years it's, or so. It's, it's age-old, but it shouldn't be, Travis. Natural grass the way to go. With, without a doubt, this is they, – they, they need to. They need to. I mean, I don't know what else. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got players saying they prefer to play on it. Countless players getting injured. And um, some players that I've seen, you know, I say that injuries happen more on, on the turf and they just don't feel comfortable on the artificial turf surfaces. And, and you so, talked about, Travis, you know, all the cost of the upkeep. You know, that's what the NFL owners yeah. say. The average NFL franchise is worth $5.14 billion. The I know. least valuable NFL franchise, the Bengals, $4 billion. If I, you cannot find in the budget to hire a lawn keeper. I know. Now, if they <laughs> want to make an argument of what do we do in December in a place like Cincinnati, or Cleveland when the grass is dying. Mm-hmm. I would be more of that is more valuable argument than the cost of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's going to be, it's you know, it's I would tough imagine to it's keep. tough to keep that grass looking TV-friendly. Yeah, not just TV-friendly, but just, you know, playing friendly and whatnot well, but let's all it's also about tv you don't want brown dead grass on an nfl broadcast i guess so and the the networks don't want that I'd say we did it for years they keep doing it in chicago that is true <laughs> and look how many tv viewers they have yeah, people have complained about that Players have complained about the playing surface mm-hmm. there too. So it, you're not going to make everybody happy. Ah, well, yeah, no. I do think that what we have now, Travis, is a lot better than the AstroTurf we used to have. Oh, well, yeah. Mm. So have we made steps in the right direction? Yes. Right. But is there more that needs to be done? Yes. Right. Yeah, and you talk about it from a visual uh, standpoint or whatnot. 
you know, a small part of me didn't like it on like video games and whatnot. And also in real life, I guess, when stadiums, particularly in college, when I kind of first noticed it, when some of these bigger stadiums switch to artificial turf surfaces and I'm like, ah, man, you know, I kind of like to see the grass stains on the jerseys, Mm -hmm. grass stains and the mud stains on the pants and whatnot. It kind of makes you, makes you kind of, wow, these guys are really working hard. These guys are getting after it. And especially in video games when you don't see those uh, stains on there anymore. Um, I always thought it was kind of cool. And the mud. Yeah. The mud on, on rainy days. That was the best. Yes. The best on video games. It, I always liked it, Travis, because it told me if your offensive line was doing a good job or not. Yeah. Because if the quarterback had no grass stains and no mud stains on him, then your offensive line did a great job that day, especially if the offensive line is absolutely head to toe brown, right. covered in mud and grass. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but they also uh, brought up there with uh, Bakatari and a couple others that have brought up about the World Cup statement about. Um, when the World Cups comes here to the U.S., that was a requirement by the uh, World Cup or FIFA. Mm-hmm. I guess you would say that all these stadiums that these soccer players don't want to play on these artificial turf stadiums, uh, so they're going to switch to like a hybrid artificial turf slash grass, natural grass uh, surface. So they're going to have to replace those in the stadiums that are going to be hosting that here in the state side you know one of them is like sofi stadium out in la so they're gonna have to switch up so if they're gonna make accommodations for the world cup then why isn't it feasible for them to do it here with the nfl i'll tell you why travis because there ain't no other countries spending a lot of money to bid on the nfl i guess not how often does the World Cup come to America? And let's America. not forget, everyone just says America. It's not America. It's all of North America. There's games in Canada. There's games in Mexico, too. Well, yes, but I don't know what those playing services look like. No, but what my point is, is this is three countries working together to facilitate this with mm-hmm. the World Cup. If they didn't want to do this, if they said, no, we are not changing the field over, FIBA would just go, okay, we can go anywhere else in the world because soccer is more popular anywhere else in the world than here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to lose out on all that money and all that income and the chance to showcase your country to a national audience. Mm-hmm. An international audience. Yeah. It's kind of like hosting the Olympics. The Olympics make you build new buildings to host the Olympics. Does anyone ever go, we're not building these buildings because when the Olympics are gone, these are just going to sit empty and they're just going to be eyesores. No, they say, absolutely, we'll build this because we want all of you to come here. and We want our country to be showcased on an international platform. Right. It's perceived as a powerhouse when it's hosting these international sporting events that they know the whole world is tuning into. Yeah, and some other countries that have hosted the World Cup before, they've uh, built stadiums mm-hmm. just for this yes. occasion, and that's kind of an argument for like North America and whatnot. You, we don't have to do that. Right. We already have the we facilities have of the soccer soccer yep. fields or football stadiums around that could handle this. So that is one advantage there, yep. and hosting the Olympics as well 
is that we're not have to build new facilities. Yes. We already got them. So, but again, there are countries who are willing to build entire new stadiums just to hold the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, and then the rest of the time, it's just empty. empty. Yeah. So <laughs> that is why Travis. They could have said no. We are not doing this because it was a requirement from FIBA to have this here. FIFA, not FIBA. FIBA's basketball. FIFA. <laughs> but that's because they want to be showcased on a national level, on an international showcase of the country. Yeah. And again, there ain't no one in Spain who's bidding to have an NFL game there. Spain no. will want to have the World Cup. Germany would want to have the World Cup. Germany has NFL games. They have a game. I think two, they have two. I, I have two this year. Yeah. Not one, but two. There you go. Italy would have the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Japan. Australia. I could keep going of places that would be willing to have the World Cup. Brazil. The NFL has looked at going to Australia. And whatnot, but I get your point. That that's all I'm saying. Do I think they need to go to the the grass? Yes. I think that the turf thing is over. It's 2023. We have the technology to keep the grass going. I think. I love how we we wanted turf for for years or mm-hmm. this artificial stuff, and then now we're backtracking to the old old reliable. Well, you know, we wanted turf, right? Why is that? We wanted turf because then that way you don't have sloppy field conditions. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I thought about that, too, like watching the Super Bowl in the rain, if it so happens to be that way and whatnot. I don't want to see the biggest game of the season for the championship decided, affected by the rain. But it's only one game and you could switch back to uh, a different surface that is more like everything's even the playing fields basically even so you could do that for just one game I mean there's two weeks in between the games so you Mm -hmm. could switch to it if you wanted to so and not only that Travis it's feasible to do how many stadiums now are domed quite a bit yeah it seems like every time a new stadium is built it's a domed stadium. Mm-hmm. Then you got like the one out in Vegas and Phoenix. They both roll in mm-hmm. the grass. Mm-hmm. So, so the fact of oh well, we don't want sloppy field conditions. You either have a domed stadium or you have an open air stadium that you can close. That's what a lot of the stadiums are now. Yeah. Or will be. You you can't tell me that the Bears stadium that they're looking to build isn't going to be domed. We talked about that Mm -hmm. and how we both hated that. But that is what the NFL wants, again, for the Super Bowl. Because they want even playing conditions. Mm -hmm. And all these teams and all these cities want to host the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. So they're all going to start moving that way. Or you're going to be somewhere like a Miami, like a, you know, place like that where it's hot. Tampa Mm -hmm. Bay. Yeah, yeah, and nobody wants to come to the Super Bowl, pay the Super Bowl prices, and sit in cold in the cold for five hours, 
however long the Super Bowl takes. Ten stadiums are either fixed dome or retractable roof. Mm-hmm. That's a third. Mm-hmm. A little less than a third, I guess. Yeah. You can't tell me that that is gonna gonna change gonna, gonna change anytime soon. And in fact, minus minus two, Travis. Every stadium built since 2010 has been a dome stadium. The only exceptions are MetLife in New York. Mm-hmm. And Levi Stadium in in California. Mm. So, yeah, there's been quite a few. Yep. So, uh, artificial turf versus the natural grass. The conversation, the mm. debate continues here in twenty twenty three, and with the injury to Aaron Rodgers, brings it all up yet again. All right, so uh, let's get to uh, this date in uh, sports history. What do you got for us today? All right, got a, a, well, first, Travis, I was going to bring this up about Aaron Rodgers' mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. And if you're a Jets fan, this may feel like a little bit of deja vu. Deja vu. Deja vu. How so? In 1999, the New York Jets were coming off a 1998 AFC Championship game appearance. They entered the season at 7-1 to odds to win the title. By the way, the fourth best odds to win the title. Mm-hmm. Vinny Testaverde suffered a season-ending Achilles tendon rupture in the season opener at home in the second quarter of the first game. Wow. A little bit of deja vu. Yeah, it's They scary. ended up finishing 8-8 eight and eight that year. The Jets did. Hmm. With Ray Lucas and Rick Meyer. Oh, boy. Starting. Household names there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Deja vu. A little bit of deja vu, right? Ouch. Had not realized that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So we'll have to we'll have to see. Do you really think, honestly, Travis, are going to stick with Zach Wilson the whole, the whole season? Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, yeah. Alrighty, this day in sports history, let's go. <laughs> On this day back in 1970, the first ever New York Marathon was held. Only 55 participants finished. Hmm. On this I think day it's in... grown since then. Yeah. Uh, now, that's how many finished. That doesn't say how many started. So maybe people passed out along the way. <laughs> didn't finish it. I guess I, that's true. <laughs> On this day back in 1998, Sammy Sosa hit home runs number 61 and 62, joining Mark McGuire at breaking Roger Maris's previous record, the two, of course, would duel it out for the remainder of the season with both tied at 66 at one point, but Big Mac pulled away and finished with 70 homers. 70. On this day back in 2007, Patriots coach Bill Belichick is fined the NFL maximum of $500,000. The Patriots are ordered to pay $250,000, and the team lost a 2008 first-round draft choice for spying during a 38-14 win over the Jets September 9th. Mm-hmm. Spygate. 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 Uh, on this day in 2010, Rafael Nadal won his first U.S. Open title as he beat Djokovic. That completed the career Grand Slam with the victory, becoming the seventh player to achieve that milestone. 
on this date in 2011. Mariano Rivera recorded his 600th career save in a 3-2 win over the Mariners. Six days later, he would break Trevor Hoffman's all-time record with his 602nd career save. Uh, on this day in 2013, Jim Furyk becomes the sixth player in PGA Tour history to shoot a 59, takes a share of the league at the BMW Championship. September 13, 2015, Marcus Mariota throws four touchdown passes in a 42-14 win over Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers in both players' NFL's debut. Winston and Mariota were the first and second picks in that year's draft. Oh, when we thought Marcus Mariota had promised, Travis. <laughs> yeah. What were we thinking? And finally, on this day in 2020, Tom Brady and Drew Brees squared off in the first matchup between 40-year-old starting quarterbacks in NFL history. Hmm. Actually, I have, I have a bonus for you. A bonus this a day. bonus this day in sports history, Travis. Okay. And that is, well, it's actually for yesterday, so that's why. But it wasn't on yesterday's thing, so I'm going to include it today. Yesterday, Travis, in 1984, 39 years ago, Michael Jordan signed his first deal with the Bulls. Mm -hmm. It was a seven-year, $6 million deal. Hmm. Why is that significant? Because from 1984 to 1991, he earned $6 million. That's it. Now, he earns roughly $6 million every 8.6 days with Nike. <laughs> That's just from Nike. Nice. That's from nothing else. Uh huh. Nice. Roughly $8.6 million every eight days. Nice. Could you imagine just opening up your, your – I know he doesn't get it in the mail, but just opening up your mailbox every day. Oh, here's six million dollars just sitting here every eight days. Yeah, it must be a slow day. <laughs> must have <laughs> been a slow week. Slow week at, at Air Jordan. Uh -huh. Yeah, we only only made six mil, so <laughs> you get more shoes out there. That's right. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's Bubba Wallace wrecking those cars. That's where that's where some of that money's going, having to build new cars. Mm -hmm. Now that he's taking up that venture. Yeah. Hey, Michael Jordan, a frequent track visitor so he's not just a figurehead he actually no, actually there. goes there and participates he was a fan first yeah him and denny hamlin were tight mm. denny hamlin has uh lifetime passes to michael jordan's private golf course that michael jordan designed himself in florida mm, nice so they hey, they go there that. and play a lot and uh if you know anything about jordan he likes to play for uh bragging rights we'll say oh yeah the, the paper <laughs> paper bragging rights yes. yeah so well we got two more days in the week so we got uh, we'll talk about nascar and we'll talk about nascar pickham yeah for the bristol race coming up and on saturday right or is uh, it sunday it's saturday saturday night we actually have a full week of of racing travis thursday tomorrow night is the truck race at bristol hmm so we got trucks at Bristol Thursday, and then Friday night is the Xfinity race. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be in it. Really? So Dale getting Jr. Back, getting back in the car. Getting back behind the wheel in the 88 Hellman's car. Mm -hmm. We still don't have a schedule for next year? Not yet. Mm -mm. I keep looking. Uh, in the pipeline, but still I, working I it out, it. I guess. I want it. <laughs> still ironing out the details. Yep. There, we need to get on it. You would need, think. Uh, need to get on this. Um, there is one update for you. Um, Noah Gregson, we talked about him, mm -hmm. how he got fired from his job. He has since been reinstated by NASCAR. So he completed all the training. He is now reinstated, but still doesn't have a ride. Mm. Reinstated, maybe rehabilitated. 
don't know. Yep. Working on it. Working on things. Trying to figure out what he's going to do for next year. Probably not in the Cup Series. Probably going to go down to the Trucks or Xfinity. Mm-hmm. Work your way back up, I guess. Well, and I, I heard something. Denny Hamlin said this on, on his podcast. He said that, uh, you know, the best thing you can do as a driver is opposed to being invisible on Sundays, meaning running in the back, and is to go down and win races because it helps your visibility and it helps people see that you do know how to drive and you can drive and stuff like that. I never thought of it that way because the end goal for a lot of these guys is always being cup. But there are a lot of guys, a perfect example is John Hunter Nemechek. He was in the Cup Series a couple years ago, was running at the back of the field, wasn't doing anything. So he went down to the trucks, won a bunch of truck races. Now he's a favorite to win the Xfinity Championship this year, won a bunch of races this year in the Xfinity Series. And now he's got a job lined up next year with Legacy Motorsports um, hmm. and Jimmy Johnson and, and Richard Petty's team. So you can work your way back up. If yeah. you're if you're young, you just gotta get noticed now, and you know, start winning. Someone like Kevin Harvick can't go down and try to work his way back up to the Cup Series, but um, yeah, it doesn't quite work doesn't like quite that. Work that way, but <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, I you know I, I hope the best for Noah. He's a personality that NASCAR needs. He's he's a fun personality that shows a lot of himself in his interviews and shows a lot of himself in his uh, the way he drives and stuff like that. He doesn't hold back. He's been in plenty of fights at the Xfinity level. <laughs> you need that in NASCAR. You don't need everyone. Perfect example is this weekend, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson banged doors coming off of pit road. They're teammates. Mm-hmm. And clearly they were off pit road and Chase Elliott swerved to the left and just hit Kyle Larson right in the, right in the driver's door. He was asked after the race, were you sending a message? And he immediately looked to write the, the announcer or the, the guy interviewing him and said, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're what you're referring to. Hmm. Because they're not allowing them to show their personalities, these drivers. And that's what we want. Like, Dale Earnhardt was an amazing driver. But would as many people liked him, like him if after he wrecked Terry Labonte, he just came out and said, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. What are you What are you talking about? Probably wouldn't have been the same. No, instead he came out and said, I didn't mean to spin him. I just wanted to rattle his cage. And everyone remembers that. Mm-hmm. We need to see these guys' personalities. Yeah, we that's don't, true. We don't want them to be neutered. We don't want them to be have a muzzle on them. Because right. Denny, if you remember earlier this year, said exactly about Ross and how he put him in the wall in week three, and he got penalized for that. And ever since then, drivers are not saying their true feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wrong. Yeah. We need to see these guys as personalities. Right. No, that's definitely, definitely true. We need to uh, spice in these guys up and yeah. show off their marketability. Yes. So I would agree. So anyways, that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. So that was a little extended conversation about NASCAR more than I thought that we would get today. But yeah, sorry about that. Hey, it happens. It happens. It happens. All right, so we're going to get on out of here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We will be uh, back tomorrow. So have a wonderful rest of your day. Peace. Peace.